Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is such a joy and pleasure to share the Word of God with you. I have an important announcement to make. On the 13th of March, which is a Sunday, um, I'm going to do a one-day seminar or workshop kind of a thing where we are going to teach on the subject of celebrating sexuality the God's way. Celebrating sexuality the God's way. In which we are going to talk about what is sexuality, uh, you know, about genders and how God created genders and how the equality within genders and uniqueness between the among the genders and uh, how to process sexual brokenness. It might be abuse or porn or any form of uh, sexual perversion that you have gone through in life any form of violation that uh, you know you had gone through, whatever the case be, we want to give a framework in which you can go through the healing journey. <clears throat> there, there'll be some people with whom you can sit and chat uh, about um, your stories. So it'll be some teaching and some workshop and question and answer time. Um, you have to register. It's 500 rupees per person. It'll be from morning till evening. Lunch will be provided, uh, but you have to register. This is for 18 years and above. Uh, you know, if you're 18 and above, yes, I do believe that these things has to be discussed for uh, kids below 18 as well, but in a different context that we might do sometime later. But right now we want to do it for 18 and above. Uh, there will be a link in the description uh, for registration. If you click that, through that you can register yourself. Looking forward to see you on that day. So we have been talking about the subject of light of life and Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but will have the light of life within him. Yes, it is such a privilege to carry the light of life and be the light of life in this world. Jesus not only said, you will have the light of life. In fact, he said, you are the light of the world. In Ma Matthew 5, we read that. Uh, you are the light of the world. So we have been seeing various aspects about light and what light does to us. And last few weeks, uh, we were seeing the aspects of light in the heart journey. Right? In the, in the heart healing journey, how light works. Especially last week, I was talking about how the whole dynamics of judgments work and 
when we walk in judgment we are walking in darkness you know when we are criticizing and constantly finding fault with everyone around us uh we are walking in darkness and blindness have, has covered our eyes and we don't even know where we are going that's what he says in first john chapter 2 um today i want to talk about the darkness of shame and how the light of the gospel sets us free from the darkness of shame um in fact shame is the first mentioned emotion in the bible right come with me to genesis chapter 2 verse 25 says and they were both naked man and his wife and were not ashamed so that's the first human emotion that is mentioned but it is mentioned they were not ashamed yeah so that is something telling about why it is so important to be shame free yeah there is a difference between being shame free and shameless the world culture celebrity culture you know um uh, is a shameless culture which is as damaging as shameful culture but bible doesn't talk about a shameless culture it talks about a shame free culture so in the garden of eden god designed man to be naked meaning absolutely vulnerable absolutely open no hiding emotional nakedness physical nakedness right they were absolutely naked in all possible manners and they were not ashamed so part of our original design is not to operate in shame and guess what when man partook of the wrong voice uh the first feeling that he has is shame verse verse 7 then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering you see the next verse goes on to say and they heard the sound of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god among the trees of the garden and and the lord god called to adam and said where are you so he said i heard your voice in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and i hid myself so there are progression to what was happening in adam and eve the moment they ate their eyes were opened when their eyes were opened uh, even though shame is not explicitly mentioned as a word there it is very evident that they were filled with shame that they started covering themselves and they were, this is this is even before god enters the scene okay so when god enters the scene adam says when i heard your voice i was afraid so of so fear came but before fear came there was shame you should understand shame is the fundamental problem of humanity think about it 
if you think if you see a person who is extremely angry he is afraid of something his fear manifests as anger outside but if you really sit and talk to him what he is afraid of he would be uh ashamed about something there is shame at the root of things let's say a simple scenario right mm somebody spouse your wife is making some choices uh or your husband is making some choices and financially it is causing strain and you're shouting you why you're shouting because there is fear fear about finances but if you really go to the bottom of that fear about finances what is it really about it is shame or oh, when you don't have money when you live like this what will people say what will people think there is shame and that's the deepest level of uh, our dysfunction and malfunction and that shame is connected to fear and fear comes out as anger and control or manipulation or whatever you call or judgments the last week we were talking about criticisms and judgments you see people who judge others criticize others pick up offense there is a lot of shame behind the story there is a lot of shame so criticism and judgments is a form of protection you know where you hide your shame it's a facade that you put up so that you can hide behind those uh facade be it anger criticism or offense or judgment or whatever it is there is this shame lurking behind that is the darkness so how did death enter death entered through shame filling his entire being and shame becoming the driving force of his life so shame and fear a combination right fills your soul with anxiety and you know it drives you to do things to prove things to prove to everyone you know to hide and to put up things and put up fig leaves put up this put up that so that people can accept you so this is how shame is defined shame is defined as this painful feeling that we have that we have either done something or something has been done to us or we have failed to do something good which makes us unworthy of connection which makes us unworthy of love and belonging this is how brene brown defines shame uh um uh, i'm not quoting her verbatim but something to the extent of what i said shame is this painful feeling where we believe that we are unworthy of connection unworthy of belonging are you guys uh listening to what i'm saying and the power of shame is in the fact that it lurks in the darkness it is it never comes out in the open because if it comes out in the open and it is discussed then it loses its power when it comes out to light when it is brought to light when your shame story is verbalized and brought out to light then it loses its power shame is a destructive force because it works in darkness so death before manifesting as anything death entered adam right what was the first manifestation of death 
it is shame adam did not catch a cold as the first symptom of him partaking of the wrong tree adam did not have arthritis as the first um, symptom of death entering the world through one man death entered but what was the manifestation of death the immediate symptom immediate manifestation of darkness and death is shame and shame is hardly discussed yeah in church circles because <laughs> it's a shameful thing to talk about shame all of us are having shame about something or the other oh body shame uh cultural shame and economic uh, status shame financial shame and you know we can be ashamed about anything and everything how your nose looks how your ear looks how 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 your hair looks and how your what's your color and my goodness shame is such a powerful thing if if there is no shame 90% of our advertisements won't work look at all the advertisements it will have an element of shame and they say okay if you use our product then you can cover that shame you use this dye and color your hair if you or get loan and buy this house yeah shame is the driving force of most of our financial decisions that we take hmm i am not good enough that feeling yeah if you want my definition of shame is i am not good enough that's that's my definition the bottom line where i'm not good enough for this relationship i'm not good enough to be here i'm not good enough to do this i'm not good enough to receive this i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i'm not good enough there were so many i am nots that we were discussing a couple of weeks ago but the i am not good enough i am not enough is such a powerful narrative that that dominates people's lives which becomes a driving force for their performance they might be high performance uh, performers doing really well in business doing really well you know making lot of money but when this is the driving force it is as destructive as it can be it just never lets you live it just never lets you enjoy anything because you're constantly out there to prove yourself to everyone around you shame stops you from being present yeah so shame is the darkness you might be in a birthday party or you might be in a pub or you might be in church shame stops you from presenting yourself 
yeah the party goes on or worship goes on you know you do the action you do everything you do everything you're part of the thing you roll your hands and you do the thing whatever you need to do but shame stops you from presenting yourself and there is disconnection and there is nagging feeling of ah oh, people don't know me if they know me they won't connect with me the way they are connecting with me right now <laughs> jesus looks at us and says you are the light of the world and what is the you know even in this whole light series when i'm talking about you being the light of the world the enemy comes and speaks in your mind he you know he is doing these things in your ears right what is he saying <laughs> if you are the light of the world we need to pray for the world hmm jesus said you try to become the light of the world no jesus said you are the light of the world but shame shifts that declaration it is god's declaration you are the light of the world try to be the light of the world jesus did not say he said you are the light of the world you have the light of life but shame takes that thing twists that word and says Oh now God is expecting you to become the light of the world. That's what shame does. Shame adds filters to your eyes and ears and every part of your being and twists every information that comes either from God or from people. See? I'm sure you know Adam where are you was something that god said daily when he came and adam would have said daddy i'm here and he goes and goes for a walk in the evening with the father that day also he comes and says adam where are you but shame has taken hold of him and he's hearing adam 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 where are you where are you where are you that's what he's hearing that's what shame twists i have spoken to people who are struggling with shame i would sit and tell something and i would ask them what did i tell now and they they would say something that didn't even remotely cross my mind <laughs> oh my goodness they would say this is what you're saying i said no not even remotely close in fact exactly the opposite that's how powerful the shame narrative is it they they hear your words we you know we will hear the words of what the other person is saying but what message we are receiving it is this darkness of shame covering us you know poisons the whole thing i've told it so many times peter didn't have any fish all through the night 
he is feeling like a failure he is ashamed right then jesus comes gives him two boats full of fish what is the immediate feeling i am unworthy i am a sinner i am not worthy please go far from me so it's not just you know somebody said something wrong to you it produces shame extreme goodness exposes our shame yeah so when you're dealing with god god is going to be extremely good to you and it exposes shame it exposes your i am not worthy statements i have um uh, listened to many couples right where they feel so angry with their spouse because their spouse is not mistreating them yeah you heard it right they are angry with their spouse because their spouse is not mistreating them because they feel they are unworthy to be in that relationship if the spouse mistreats them then it fits into their narrative of their unworthiness so it is justified okay at least i am being dealt with as i am supposed to be dealt with but when you are being good i am getting so irritated at you being good to me because i feel i'm not worthy to be here that's what shame does shame takes the blessings in your life and twists it and shows it to you as if you're supposed to be running away from that jesus go away from you from me are you guys following what i'm saying so can you imagine <laughs> Adam and Eve <coughs> you know hiding behind the bushes frantically searching to hide their nakedness yet not fully successful in hiding their shame no matter how much we do try to you know cover our shame we are never fully successful at which is Uh, which is which i would call as the grace of god it's a grace of god that never fully allows mankind in his capacity to hide his brokenness god looks at man and says hey adam from now on you'll be running to prove yourself to prove your worthiness you would sweat and you would work toil you know so far you were working from now on you will be toiling to bring bread out of this ground but ground is cursed for your sake so what makes him run it's a shame he looks at the lady and says hey lady you will be constantly worried about how your husband treats you and your world will be full of pain because of that what is that that is shame in operation so you see in every aspect of how we do life there is the shame and we don't we are not even aware of it we are it is so deep and it is so driven within our systems 
you're not even aware of this problem but the light of god exposes these things the light exposes right we read in ephesians let's read that verse again you know it's a very good principle but looks like dangerous principle to us because of shame uh ephesians chapter 5 it says verse 12 for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret but but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light mm for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light mm that's a powerful verse for whatever makes manifest is light so there are shameful things and as long as we keep it in the dark it still has power over us the root of every addiction is shame the power of addiction is not in the substance that is being used the power of addiction is in the shame that it employs so walking in the light how do we become the light of the world right or how do we be the light of the world that god has declared us to be uh when god looks at gideon and says you are a mighty man of valor that's how god sees right now he is afraid hiding himself in a, in a room but god looks at him and says you are mighty man of valor god did not say that after he won the enemy after the war is won with 300 he has already won a mighty impossible battle god looks at him and say you mighty man of valor no 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 god sees him here hiding in fear and shame and everything and he looks at his looks at him and says you are a mighty man of valor that declaration first what it does to him is to expose his narratives oh if god is with us why are we going through these things so light you know brings things out at this juncture i want to differentiate between what is guilt and what is shame guilt is i have done something wrong shame is i am wrong there is something fundamentally wrong about myself guilt is to do with behavior but shame is to do with being that's why shame is very destructive it it twists you because it's an i am statement it is not i have done something wrong i feel bad for what i have done is different from i'm feeling bad about myself and i'm not good enough i am wrong there is something fundamentally wrong about me and and automatically my head goes down the moment my head goes down you know i'm i'm saying okay you punish me you do things to me 
and whatever you do and whatever way you disconnect from me it's i i i'm ready to accept are you understanding what i'm saying so when we are talking to people the moment the head drops we know that we need to stop our conversation and do something about it whether you're talking to a child or to a spouse or to anyone the moment head drops there's a problem in in what's happening jesus is the one who lifts up your head so that you can have a conversation with the father face to face so when the when the prodigal son was coming back the father ran and hugged him what was the narrative what was the narrative yeah come with me to um luke 15 no matter how many times i preach out of this text this still remains a favorite verse 18 says i will arise and go to my father and will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you i am no longer worthy you see that i am no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your hired servants are you getting what i'm telling so this is what shame does shame says i am not worthy but you're worthy to be treated like this i'm worthy to be i'm worthy to be abused i'm worthy um uh, less attention i'm worthy this this i'm worthy but i am not worthy to be a son i'm not worthy to be a daughter i'm not worthy to be loved i am not worthy to belong that's the fundamental problem and that is the same narrative that was running in the elder brother's head oh every time he works hard and he comes and he looks at the father and he expects the father to say something oh take that fatted calf and enjoy with your friend you have done well you deserve this something like that he was expecting the father but what was making him work day in and day out day in and day out it was this very same shame narrative i'm not worthy i'm not worthy i'm not worthy of the, my dad's appreciation so finally the younger son comes back right he's this shame narrative is running in his head and uh, mm-hmm. and he arose and came to his father but when he was still a great way off i really love this scene and i really love how jesus portrays this story and seeing his son was still a great way off not just in distance right his way off he is off like off can be he has lost the plot he is messed up he has done things and when he sees he was still a great way off his father saw him and had compassion 
and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him okay i i want you guys to read that in different versions um let's do let's do passion <laughs> look at what passion translation says so the young son set off for home from a long distance away his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar and the note says the greek implies that phrase and aramaic is more you know uh saying that more explicitly than what uh our english translations are doing there dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home the father raced out to meet him swept him up in his arms hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love i want you to imagine the scene the son is dragging himself right he is dressed beggarly he had been with pigs you know he had been hungry for days you know he has done so many things wrong he's messed up oh so many things are running in his head and he's just saying oh, i'm not worthy i'm not worthy i'm not worthy at least if dad just you know he beats me and then says okay i cannot accept you as a son uh, and after all the beating if he just says okay you can be a servant and work all your life to repay uh that will be good that will that will be the best scenario the worst is for him to say oh kill him or stone him to death or send him send send me back away oh there's all these voices oh my goodness have you ever experienced that shame this multiple voices like rushing waters running in your head of 100 ways of how things can go wrong and you know this is happening and he is walking he's just dragging himself it's not like spring in his steps and he's you know coming home i'm sure every step was just he's physically mentally emotionally tired and the father sees him from afar and sets off like runs the father is running right and it's a shameful thing for an old man to do in that culture to pick up his clothes and run but he did he did and i want you to zoom in and see the eyes of the father i want you to see the uh, joy and 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 tears flowing down that old man's beard you know as he was running towards his son Mm, my goodness he goes and picks him up it says swept him up in his arms and hugged him kissed him passionately kissed him over and over over it was not like he was like kissing him everywhere he was still smelling like a pig pig he was still dressed like a beggar but the father goes on kissing him you know swirling and swirling and uh telling everyone and saying thank god for bringing his son son back and can you imagine the scene hmm then the son said father 
I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The you know Passion Translation gives a pause there, puts a dash, and says, "Just let me be." The father interrupted and said, "Son, you are home now." Turning to his servants, the father said, "Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe. I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship. I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For my beloved son was once dead, but now he is alive. Once he was lost, but now he is found. Everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. This is Passion Translations, right?" you know if you read it in message uh it it even makes it better right when he was still a long way off his father saw him his heart pounding he ran out embraced him and kissed him the son started his speech father i have sinned against god i have sinned before you i don't deserve to be called your son ever again but the father wasn't listening <laughs> the father wasn't listening yeah yeah because it doesn't even remotely cross his mind our shame narratives in the in the mind of the father no matter how real it appears to us no matter how how we can feel the shame about everything about us it doesn't even remotely cross the mind of the father these narratives because these are the whispers of evil these are evil incarnate you know uh sharing his own shame with us his own wrong narratives about who the father is with us and the father goes on into f- full on mode celebration so what is the antidote for shame the antidote for shame is to be in a community which will become the voice of the father for you who celebrates you and who who sees you in your state and hugs you and embraces you and kisses you and calls the gold out of you calls the gold out of the dirt finds the gold out of the dirt yeah and bring that identity of a son and show and say this is who you are this is who you are this is who you are your shame the voice of your shame is not the truth of your being this is the truth of your being you know that for that to happen there has to be a community who knows how to walk in the light god declares as you are the light of the world just like how god declared gideon that you are a mighty man of valor but there was a process in which he had to go through where he practically did acts of uh you know a valiant warrior there was a journey that he had to go through so you are the light of the world right now it doesn't feel good it doesn't sit well with us when we hear we are the light of the world but we we are the light of the world and that will practically work out but what's the journey the journey is a community walking in light 
saying no to shame you can never short circuit vulnerability and try to deal with shame i will work it out with me and god never works as far as dealing with shame is concerned because shame tells us we are not worthy of connections shame tells us we are not worthy to belong so god is a community right so unless you learn to belong in a community you are never you you would never feel loved yeah but that can never happen when shame is the driving force and when you're scared of vulnerability so people always say um no oh, this whole vulnerability business doesn't work i'm telling you i've never said it's easy but i am telling you it works it works if at all something works it is that work it's that what working nothing else works nothing else works yeah 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 you know um yeah teaching and praying and fasting and laying hands and pouring oil on the head i do believe in all those things and we do those things right doing all those things but creating a culture of shame where you cannot open up all those things loses its power none of those things are effective doing all those things in the context of a shame free culture of a community walking in the lights and the moment shame is brought to light it is darkness right shame is darkness and when when light shines it it's gone it's just not there it it just it is it is it is blown apart into nothingness because of the light yeah 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 even though we are taking baby steps towards that culture as a community uh already i can see the possibility of healing and restoration and joy and sense of belonging happening and we need to fight to to create a community like, like that we need to f- fight together not fight with each other fight together to make these things happen So these are the three rules of shame that Brené Brown talks about. He says everybody has shame. Nobody talks about it. At the moment we talk about it, shame loses its power. Right? Uh everybody has it. Nobody talks about it. The moment we talk about it, shame loses its power. So we coming and standing basking in the voice of the Father. personally hearing him hearing him through these things uh through through scriptures through teaching through worship and above all through the body of christ through 
a safe family who sees you, right? Who sees you. Last week we were talking about this lady who was crying at the foot of Jesus who had, who had a very bad reputation uh, in her town. And Jesus looks at her and is speaking to Simon and says, Simon, do you see this woman? Wow. Seeing someone for who they really are, beyond their beggar clothes, beyond their facade of performance, beyond their facade of anger or their giftings or anything for that matter, whatever they are using as fig leaves to hide behind, to see that real person and pull that real person and say, I see you. Yeah? So there is a community where they greet like that. They greet saying, I see you. Like how we say good morning. Sabwana is a greeting in a particular tribe, which means I see you. That's a wonderful way to greet if we really mean it and practice it. I can see you, you are seen, you are heard. That's that's the, you know, um, that would be a wonderful community to be a part of where you can be you. You can be free. You can be really loved and, and, and be you. Yeah. I want to just tell how it is slightly twisted in the world out there. How this be you, you know, culture is twisted in the world. In the world it's like, that's confirmation society, right? Tell me I'm okay. Uh, you be whatever you want and say that is the original design. No, 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 no. Calling sin as sin. Calling spade as spade. Without making any compromise on the value systems that God has given us in our original design. And living without shame. That is what brings us to true healing and makes us move away from destruction. But the world is like, just be you, be you, be you. And then they're talking about being you. Oh, you know, uh, I want to sleep with the dogs and the horses. Uh, that's what I'm feeling. Oh, then be you. That is not being you. That is just, that is not removing shame. That is not uh, being shame-free. That is called shameless. That is very destructive. That is like fast track towards destruction. If a, if a shameful environment is slow poison, a shameless environment is a fast track towards hell. It just destroys you. But a shame-free environment, a shame-free culture is what Christ brings. He, he looked at the lady and said, Ha, ah, go and sin no more. But before that, he said, neither do I condemn you. 
So that is the shame-free environment he offers. But he calls sin as sin. He says, go and sin no more. He did not say, be you. <laughs> Continue to do what you want to do. And the father did not say, hey son, you did not do anything wrong. Just go and be you. No, 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 no. That's not being you. It is to see you for your original design. To see you how God sees you. And to call sin as sin. To call darkness as darkness. And to still say you matter and you are worthy of love. You belong and you are worthy of connection. That is what is going to help us. Right? Um, the voice of our conscience is what condemns us. But the Bible says God is bigger. God is bigger than the voice of our conscience. The blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience. The blood of Jesus is such a powerful tool to silence the voice of shame that is running in our heads. The blood of Jesus works in our conscience and silences the voice of shame. Right? It takes care of both guilt and shame. Oh, it reveals how it reveals, how it addresses the problem of shame. Not through legal transaction. Through legal transactions, shame can never be dealt. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Legally, shame can never be dealt. Because shame is saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not valuable. I'm not worthy of connection. So blood reveals our value. Blood reveals what God was willing to go through just to show how much he loves us. That is the antidote for shame. Not a legal transaction. So the blood reveals how much the father loves you. That he's willing to shed his own blood. In letting you know that you're valuable. In allowing his body to be broken. To reveal how much he loves you. That's how shame is dealt with. As we take part. May you be set free from the power of shame. Register for the con conference on sexuality according to, uh, celebrating sexuality according to God's design. Um, it, it's going to be a powerful time of healing and restoration for many. Um, let me tell you, you know, I have worked with a few people over the years, right? Uh, it might be just a handful of people, but... Uh, they won't be afraid of your darkness. Your shame stories will not scare them. Yeah, so they'll be here, you know. Um, you can talk to them and they will listen and pray with you and uh, start your journey towards healing and wholeness, right? So register and those who are giving, May God give you uh, the grace to be a blessing. 
and i want to tell that we are planning to start our a work uh, of phase 2 a bit of it you know because we have got only 2 months window when the school is not happening so april and may is the summer holidays uh so within that we need to finish as much work as we can so we are going to begin that and who whoever wants to partner in that vision of you know building things uh i showed you what plan we have uh on the mezzanine floor how we want to build a build a build few labs and also especially this um you know soundproof room where we can have classes 10 day classes like mini bible courses and things like that i am really excited about that in particular so if you want to give towards that project uh, I, i want you to give to the account details that you're seeing right now um thank you for always being so generous and partnering with us a uh, few more projects uh we are thinking about will which will be talking to you soon and may your hands always be strengthened for good works because the bible says that may god be able to make all grace abound so that you are always lacking nothing for every good work for every good work that may your hands always be strengthened uh thank you so much for being such a generous partner with a vision that god has given us god bless you thank you so much we are planning to have some labs like physics lab chemistry lab biology lab so that those labs will be coming right now we have just put a storeroom and just storing certain things so here and all will be labs obviously here it will be open space and a handrail would come on the edge so people can be seated during services time even from here you can look at the stage as you can see there will be open space here so only till here would be the partition so this would be a walk uh walkway and to the sides would be the rooms and as you can see this is mezzanine closer to the metal roofing it's it's much cooler in the ground floor so we need ac so we are looking at different uh, air conditioning options you see this window this would become a door and would be the entry point from down staircase i'm most excited about this space i'm planning to do a proper soundproof room here which can take some 30 40 people some 10 day bible courses and things like that so it will be soundproof and we'll record it um people can come just use the staircase and just come straight to the like mini bible college kind of a thing that has been in my heart for quite some time uh, even if you're going to play some bit of music inside it won't be heard outside a jam room come mini hall kind of a thing where we can do do our bible courses so excited about that there'll be a little staircase and when you go up balcony view Hello, beautiful view you get from here. So you saw uh what's happening in the mezzanine floor. Now I want to explain to you in phase 2 what we are planning on the second half of the land. So far all the building has been done in the first half and the second half remains untouched. 
uh, as you can see it is still in the natural ground level and we need to raise it up i'm i am standing in a raised platform and it has to come up uh, 2 3 feet high you know it has to be raised uh, and then once it is raised we planning to do a half court basketball and a cricket practice net a uh, couple of such play things would come which will be used during the school for playing and of course during sundays it, that space will be used for park, parking and one more thing that i am excited about is to use this facility uh for weddings and things like that because there are so many uh, people who can't afford uh, a place which can house 500 600 people uh, with ac and uh, uh, outdoor where you can uh, put up the wedding buffet dinner uh, you know the rates of what's happening outside uh, we want to help people who can't afford uh, we you know we can uh, house their weddings here uh, at a very very minimal rate and uh, you know of course others who can afford also can use it uh it we want it to be a income generating thing as well uh but what i want you guys to notice is that we want this whole building to be um multifaceted uh you know building where it is multi purpose for example on the right hand side uh, we are planning to put up a canteen um so we have a badminton court inside so canteen so these are different spaces right uh where um people congregate and we want deeper conversations to happen uh over the period of time so uh, that's what i'm excited about uh of what these spaces can eventually lead to um to have deeper conversations to for the for our hearts to journey in deeper connection with god and with one another um and for this phase 2 we have a budget of 1.2 crores you know um god has been super faithful all this while he'll continue to be faithful and we really appreciate each and every one of you who believed in the vision who stood with us all this while you know to continue to believe with us as we see this entire vision come to its fruition and we appreciate and we bless everyone who has generously given so far if god puts in your heart to continue to partner with us with regarding to in this vision uh, in bring this phase 2 to, to its completion we really appreciate you to do so we thank you we uh, appreciate everyone who prayed with us believed with us and who generously gave god bless you together we can thank you